Welcome to episode 25 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play through That Game Company's Journey. We had originally planned to release our Zombie Slash Zombie U episode this week, but we've delayed that one until March 7th. On March 21st, we release our FTL Faster Than Light episode. Some great games coming up in the month of March. But back to Journey. We had a great time playing through this one, except the time where Travis got left for dead. And the thing got me, and he just, my friend just left, like just kept going. I was like, buddy, I just got eaten by the shark, and he just abandoned You don't me. have to be faster than a bear. You just need to be faster <laughs> than the person you're with. Pretty much. We take back everything nice we've ever said about internet communities yeah, on the show. The journey players suck. I know. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. <laughs> Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have, I have two friends. One's about to die. Uh, the one that's about to die is Michael Ruffalo. Hi. I'm excited to talk about a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Are, you feeling, are you feeling good? I feel like death. The destroyer of worlds. Yep. Uh, just so you all know, uh, Mike is in quarantine in his own room because he has strep throat and he's not allowed to be near us. I'm the bubble boy. <laughs> and our second friend today is Travis Colnut, who's back again for another episode. Hi, I'm healthy. Yes, you are. <laughs> Travis was on in. our Luigi's Mansion. He was on our Luigi's Mansion episode uh, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's back on this one, and you may hear him in the very near future. <laughs> very <laughs> near future. You may hear him in the very near future. Uh, today we're here to talk about Journey. It's a, it, that is a video game. Yeah. Is it? Uh it, uh, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe <laughs> you're right. <laughs> uh, we'll get into those existential questions in a second. Uh, this game was developed by that game company, Genova Chen and Kelly Santiago. Uh, Mike, do you know do you know a lot about this game? I'm going to put you on the spot. I know you're sick, but so this game uh, I think came out in 2012. Uh, it was a PlayStation 3 exclusive, and um, it uh, it won a lot of awards. It you know. When it came out, it took up most of the air in the room in terms of discussion because it's a game unlike many others. Um, it's so incredibly stylish. Uh, it's very quick to get through. And it's got an interesting co-op mechanic or co-op hook. It absolutely does. Um, they So the company is that game company. They signed a three-game deal with Sony back many years ago. Their first game was Flow. It was a Flash game originally, then they made it into a PS3 game. It also came out on Vita. Then they made Flower, and then their third game was Journey. Um, Kelly Santiago was the president of the company. She went on to go to Ouya and then to Google. And then Genova Chen is now working on um, a new title called Sky, which is supposed to come out in the month of March, exclusively first for iOS devices. Hmm, that's cool. So we'll start with you, Mike. Uh, what's your experience with this game? Um, so I had not played this game before, despite owning a PS3 at the time. Um, and I'm instantly regretting that having played it for this episode. Um, I heard a great deal about it when it came out. Um, but I think I was in a mind space where I think the $20 that it might have cost at the time was not something I was willing to spend on a 90-minute experience. Um, which thankfully I've grown out of. 
So just so I understand it, you have never played this game before. I've never played it up until today, actually. <sighs> Travis, what's your experience with the game? I actually, so like, I, I think I maybe heard about it like years ago, you know, when it first came out, but probably at the time I really wasn't heavily playing games at the time. So it just kind of flew right past me i had like when you guys said hey let's play journey and i was like okay sure whatever it is like i had i had no real back knowledge i didn't know that it was going to be um like it won a bunch of awards i had nothing so this is the first time i ever played it um i went i actually played it through twice um for this just to kind of get a better feel for it but yeah no i had nothing nothing prior to this because there was like you said there was a space for about i don't know five or six years between like high school and then like your first full-time job where yeah. you didn't really play games, Nothing right? at all. Like, that's the thing. So I had this whole span of time where I think that whole era just, I missed. And you, you said, mentioned it, and I was like, I feel like I've heard the name, but I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. And I didn't even bother watching a trailer or anything like that. I just, it's like, okay, might as well just start playing. You guys said it was fast. So I was like, I don't even need to like prep myself for it, you know? Sometimes that's the best way to mm-hmm. enjoy games. Um, and then I had played this game when it first came out on PS3, uh, probably... I would say within the year of release, not right away. And then it was re-released for the PS4 in 2015. And from what I remember, if you had the PS3 version, they were just giving you the PS4 version for free. Like within a certain window, you just have to download it. And I played this time. So this is the second time I've played through it. Played through it when it came out. And now I played it on the PS4 um, just earlier today. So, (laughs) And I only played through it on it once. (laughs) So why don't I start and get right into... The game. So if I'm going to describe the game, essentially you play as a caped figure. Yeah. Like like almost like a cartoon character. Yeah. No arms. No arms at all. <laughs> just scarves and hoods. Yeah. Legs. Le- legs too. <laughs> legs, legs, legs are legs. important. And uh, you start off in the desert. So when the game starts, it's the title screen. It opens. It's just sand. And it says press X to begin journey. Yeah. Or new journey. Yeah. I, um, and it's got like, it's just crazy that like, there's no words, like it doesn't give you really kind of any indication. There's no menus. There's no nothing. It's just, it, it's opening like title screen, start the game. You know, it's kind of, it's refreshing a little bit. It is. And the music is kind of, so I started the game and I had the, again, with me having it on mute, I had the TV on mute. And when I realized that there was no music, I got about two or three minutes in. I'm like, this isn't right. I can't hear the wonderful (laughs) soundtrack. That is one of the best parts of this game. So I started over, got the music. It's just like sky. It's like what I assume and think are like mass graves everywhere. Those little like stone Yeah, that's what I kind of figured they were too. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of, I think, I don't know where I realized, I think it was near the end of the game where I started to think, oh, I think those are graves. Like it really didn't clue in, mm-hmm. um, but I can talk more about that after. Like so. when you're climbing yeah. up the mountain at the end in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really okay. didn't clue into me that maybe those were graves. And that's only because I really didn't clue into the story until the second time I played through it. Right. And I've already played it once, so that's probably yeah. why I was like, hey, I think I know what these are from yeah. remembering. And then they're shooting stars, and then your character just shows up, and the game just starts. Yeah. Like, it's just like, here you go. Yeah. And no explanation, really, mm-hmm. apart from a controller on screen that's like, hey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's motion controls? I had no idea. Like, So there is motion control yeah, in the PS3 version. I didn't use it, but um, I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is a motion control game. It didn't really tell me to press like the, the joysticks at all. And I was like... 
let me just try because I wanted to move the camera and I was like do I have to do motion controls the entire time with this and then, so I just pressed the right stick and I was like oh no I'm good <laughs> yeah do you remember like back in the do you remember how they were like marketing six axis as like the big thing with the PS3 oh yeah 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 so this would have been at the time that like maybe like Lair would have been out at the time I'm just trying to think of like games that really push six axis right. so like Lair okay. with like the one with the dragons yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. like factor five like move the six axis and you can move your dragon <laughs> This is kind of the same right. idea, I think. And with that, when the game opens, you have that, lets you in, and then really the only controls that you have are X to jump, yeah. which you don't even really get explained until no. you start to collect things. Right, because it doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything until you actually have like more scarves. You're kind of like, okay, well, this is kind of useless. Right? Yeah, so it's moving, camera, uh, jumping, which you don't get until like a couple minutes in, yeah. or like maybe 10, 15 minutes in. And then there's and like your call. Yeah, Right. The, yes. the chirping. chirping. No, yeah. It's like a little, little tiny song, whatever it is. So one thing that I think you guys didn't have the benefit of, or maybe you did, is the multiplayer component of the game. Well, I, I did a little bit. Did you, Mike? So at the end of the game, when you complete it and you go through all of the credits, at the very end, it says, you know, a special thank you to, and it lists a bunch of different PSN IDs. I had three separate ones. Um, which I could not tell if they were uh, maybe ghosts like of rec- recordings of someone's playthrough or if there's actually still people playing through this game today. And I had co-op experiences with three different people in my playthrough. I, I had um, two in the first one and one in the second. And I don't think it's ghosts because of the way like I was like someone is playing this game it's like six years later right? like I'm like okay this has to be Mike I'm like there's got to like I'm just waiting and hoping that like at the end of the game I'd see like your gamer tag or something and I was like this has to be Mike what are the odds that someone else is still playing this game but it has to be a real person because of the way um, the game was for me at the end um, so if I fast forward the snowy level there me and my who, the person I was playing with it was compl- like we were huddled next to each other so like <laughs> we were climbing up the mountain and it's the really snowy area and we were like literally huddled next to each other chirping the entire way powering up each other's scarves a little bit no way like yeah yeah i i think so because the thing is my chirp would power up his scarf and then his and like we would touch each other so it our scarves like if my scarf would touch him he would power up and vice versa i was climbing that mountain alone yeah so like the thing is then i lost him at the very very end of the game and i felt so sad but (laughs) um but like yeah i had someone and we were huddled right next to each other like moving like step by step up the up the entire snowy area um and that was like the other part i there was someone kind of in the distance that i i kind of saw but didn't really interact with much I distinctly remember the first time I played through the game, um, I had one experience that was really positive where, you know how in the first level where there's the bridges, Mm. you haven't quite figured out the mechanics where you have to like go where those scarf pieces are. Right. You actually have to like go in them and when you go in them, you rise, but then also you can jump further. Right. So I distinctly remember the first time I played, and this is like the only thing I remember from the first time I played through it many years ago, was that someone like he could tell I was having trouble like getting up to the bridge. Right. And he basically was like, hey, this is how you do it. Right. So he, he just like showed, showed he showed me how he, do, he how he did it. And I was like, oh, that's how you did it. Because <laughs> in this game... It happened once where I, I saw someone in the distance and they were, because uh, this game is, is kind of chunked off by small cutscenes. Right. 
and there are they mask the loads really well. Right. But I know between one of the loads, there was a guy that was literally like in the awning, and then when the cutscene went, I lost him after oh, the cutscene. Okay. So in this playthrough, it sucks because that's one of the coolest parts of this game, mm-hmm. and like you're probably not going to get to experience it as much as you would have when the game no, first came it, out. Like when the game first came out, how many people could you play with? Was it just one at a time, or was it like you could have multiple, like tons of people on screen at the same time? My understanding from back in the day was that you could have multiple, you could have multiple instances. But my thought was it was all instanced, so like there would be someone next to you and they might disappear. Oh, okay. And then someone else a little later might come in. So it's in. not like That's you're playing with like five other people. Okay. So this is like, you're only ever going to see one other character on screen with you at, the, at a time. Yeah. Kind of thing. Gotcha. That was my understanding of it. Okay. And Mike, did you have anyone else that was with you or no? Uh, so at the end of the game, I saw three different names in the credits. Uh, I only really noticed someone in the first section where you're... Um, figuring out those ribbon sections but uh mm-hmm. aside from that i i did not see or notice anyone else i played the rest of the game on my own just powering through okay uh so i guess what we should do here is probably go through and talk about the different parts of the game mm-hmm. so we talked about the first section uh, what we didn't talk about is kind of the bridge section because right. that's really the first part after the initial yeah. section. And that that took me a little bit to figure out because like, so when you first enter that area, I thought, okay, can I make it to this bridge in one jump? And I was like, and I tried my hardest to like, like get across as far as I could. And then I was like, oh crap, I have no idea what I'm doing now. And it, it took a little bit of time for me. Like that was that, that first area it took me a bit of time. And then but then once I figured it out and once I figured out like the mechanics of the game, I felt like every other puzzle was really, really, really fast. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think these game, like, I don't think it's meant to be extra challenging. You know what I mean? But I think, I think that's the only thing I might say about the game is I kind of wish I was like, there was more, I don't know, platforming, more, more, more challenge to more it. More challenge. Not, not, I didn't end to be challenging, but I think maybe just more like i guess maybe it just wasn't long enough i don't know but i i think once i got that first bridge i was like okay i get the the gist of how this is going to work for the rest of the game but then the rest of the game was literally only like another hour and i was like oh it took me that long just to kind of figure it out and then the rest i just kind of flew through right mm-hmm. so i think um I, I think i just wanted more you know right you like more game right <laughs> and, and so expertly I just, crafted the whole game Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to uh, it's hard to not want more of it, right? Exactly. I think we've done a disservice because we haven't talked about the aesthetic yet, and it's so that's, visually gripping. That's a great point. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you tell us what you love about the aesthetic first? Um. So one, everything in the world is clean and simple, um, and, and straightforward. Um, so much of the world is takes place in a desert, but as your character walks through it, you see the clouds of dust and of of um, of sand parting as you walk through it. Um, your character looks sort of like a cross between an owl and a Bedouin uh, crossing through <laughs> the desert. Um, most of the architecture in the world looks um, vaguely. Um, like Spanish Islamic um, in its in its like style um, gives gives me I don't know evokes kind of what I expect Morocco to look like 
uh, mm. and it had just a fantastic look. The color scheme, um, the game is very good at transitioning between color schemes, I think, depending on the, the theme of the section you're in. Uh, so early on in the game, it's very bright and orange and red. And then as you move on, it becomes darker reds, and then it becomes dark blues uh, and dark purples. Uh, and then you get towards the end of the game, and it goes from very dark, um, very dark colors to gray to white. Um, and so much of the color shift in the game has a lot to do with the or how I interpreted the like the arc of the story. Whatever story mm-hmm. there is that you that you yeah. get out of it, <laughs> yeah. My, my I would say my absolute favorite part uh, of the game, and it's the thing that I remember when I talk about journey. I talk about this particular section is when you're going and there's this. You're surfing, but you're surfing from a side view, right. and you're going down yes. the tower. So the thing that I always remember, and this relates to color, is, and I, I actually tweeted a picture of it because I, my memory for once didn't fail me, right. but just how you're going down and you see the sun through the pillars right. across from you, and I can't think of another game off the top of my head that nails a sunset right. so perfectly color the way almost the way it feels like i was just like i can almost feel the heat of this sunset as i see the rays of sun come through the pillars in the desert yeah like i don't think i can even just like properly describe it. it like it's you have to see that scene for it like to see it it's the dark like the the shadows against the pillars the darkness but also the browns and the shininess it's just it's crazy it's It's like so perfect yeah, yeah it really is it's it's probably the like I think visually the best part of the whole game, I think like I can't, I, I really, really liked that whole moment. Like mm-hmm. where you, the camera decides to pan a little, like side scrolly a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it, yeah, it's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, to me, there are other parts where I go like, Hey, this looks really good. Mm-hmm. So when you're underground and when you uh, see the guardian for the first time move and you kind of see his light, don't get me started on that guardian thing. <laughs> good grief. Scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, bear in mind, like, okay. Like I said, when I played Luigi's mansion, not good with jump scares. <laughs> right. So like that thing coming, out of the ground like there's enemies and like i felt so weak and defenseless and i didn't know what i was like they haven't taught me how to like attack anything yet (laughs) and so i'm like there's no way i can fight this so i'm like okay it's pure stealth and then uh yeah no that thing destroyed me um for the first time the first playthrough i had Mm -hmm. it like it hit me i didn't get out of the way it ripped my scarf apart it um and i was like oh all of like my little like symbols that i collected to extend i had a beautiful long scarf and i was like Same and it here. just destroyed it yeah destroyed it and i was so sad and i was like so just get me out of this area just get me out of this area yeah, I, I was the same way the first time I played through the game. The second time, I'm like, I remember the enemies here. Just play it slow. That's you might, But, you know, uh, and we'll talk about it later, but the Guardian did get me once, but the wind actually is what got me more. Oh, okay. And destroyed and shredded more of my scarf. Yeah. Um, Wait, in the, uh, like, in the, the winter? In the, the winter winter-y area. The snowy area? That yeah. happened. So, on my first playthrough, too, that happened with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was playing with this other person and I'm walking with them and we're huddled next to each other. And the thing that my mind thought it was like a shark. Mm -hmm. Like for some reason, this whole game, I kept thinking underwater, like the little pieces of, uh, like scarf were like schools of fish. And then the ones that were kind of diving were like dolphins. And then the big one was like a whale. I don't know. And there was a jellyfish too. It was very like, it felt very water themed, even though it was in a desert, which Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. But, um, (laughs) 
I, uh, so I'm in like the snowy area where nearing the end where that shark thing pops back up and we're huddled together and we're going like from, you know, from cover to cover. I took a wrong turn and he kept going and then I turned and the thing got me and he just, my friend just left, like just kept going. I was like, buddy, I just got eaten by the shark and he just <laughs> abandoned me. He used you as bait. Yeah, pretty much. And then, so, and then I looped back around and. You don't have to be faster than a bear. You just need to be faster than the person you're with. <laughs> Pretty much. We take back everything nice we've ever said about internet communities yeah, on the show. The journey players suck. I know, right? At the first chance he got, he just dumped me off to the side. Yeah. Just kidding. I love you wherever you are. I hope I hope you were playing this for this podcast because... Yes, you were one of our listeners. Yes, and you're please like, be one of the listeners because I would have loved that. You'd yeah. be like, oh, that Travis guy. Yeah. Maybe he's on <laughs> maybe this Maybe that one. was me. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, should we go, maybe go back to the bridge, the desert? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe when the game kind of opens up. So once you get past the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, you go into a more open area, yeah. the desert, where you have these like almost flying carpet guys that kind of accompany you through. Those are the dolphins, yes. Oh, those <laughs> are the dolphins. Dolphins, okay. <laughs> the dolphins. Okay. I, I thought they were more like dogs, forth. but yeah, fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. The, the way they jumped, I thought, I, remember, I'm thinking underwater theme for some fair. reason. Yes. In my notes, I called them my flying carpet friends. <laughs> yes. That works. Yeah. Yes. That, that totally works. Yes. Um, so much of this game felt like you were underwater. Yes, exactly. Right? Even, Even though like, you knew you were in, yeah. in the desert. That's the thing. I consider the whole, like, in... I consider that whole area like the underwater level where it's like the, the carpets kind of look like seaweed. You know what I mean? And exactly. there's like the jellyfish and stuff. I, I very much thought, okay, this is underwater. Am I underwater? And I was trying to understand if like looking to see if I was, but I was like, no, I'm not underwater, but it just, it felt very aquatic. Well, especially when you go down, right? Yes. Because there's like a descent. Yes. Like after the game is all happy and, and fruitful mm-hmm. and lovely and innocent, you descend into the depths of what I presume is some version of, of hell or something. <laughs> uh, and like you said, there the creatures are more aquatic. Yeah. And even at one point, you have to kind of ascend a huge column. Yeah. And almost make the water level in the yeah, room exactly, rise. exactly, right? But it's like almost like a foggy sand yeah, instead like of a, water. Yeah, it's like sun water. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's a weird. sand water. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, but uh, what I loved is when the game opened up in the desert and you quickly realized that, oh, this isn't a small like linear Mm -hmm. well it is it is Mm kind of linear but the way that you explore each section you can kind of do on your own so for me the game crashed which was a big surprise and like i don't i don't want to take away from the game at all but the game crashed for me when i when i kind of went into that open area with the desert Hmm. and uh thankfully there are checkpoints so i didn't go i went back maybe five minutes but in that desert area i went to a different side because there are basically like maybe one or two or three paths you can follow. So like you can go on the left side, you can go down the center or you can go like on the right side. Okay. And you can actually collect a different number of those magic carpet guys. So my first playthrough, I collected like three of them and then I went to on the right side and one of the like caches of those little flying carpet right. dolphin dogs, whatever they are. <laughs> um, I collected half a dozen of them. Oh really? Yeah. I don't think I did it anything different both times I played. I think I just kind of made my way through straight through, not really thinking about it. And the cool part for me with those dolphin dogs is that I found when you had one of them they acted differently in like individually and in a pack right they acted differently yeah 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever noticed. I think I had the same amount, mm-hmm. but I, I was like constantly trying to call them over. I'm like, hey, I don't have enough scarf left to fly. Please come back. <laughs> so I'm like chirping at them like, get over here. And did you find it was easier when there was only one of them? I found it was easier when I had more. Like, oh, okay. I was running into more of them. And then one would always come back to kind of loop around me to power me up again. Mm-hmm. I and, found if you were going slowly, one would come back and right. be like, okay, let's keep this moving. Yeah. And like I, I kept up with them better the second playthrough. Um, the first one I didn't. I They kind of like just kept going and i was like oh I, i'm just on my own here i'm just gonna walk this desert so mm-hmm. but yeah then the second playthrough they they swarmed around me a little bit maybe i was just better at the game mm-hmm. you know the second time around so yeah and then soon after that you start surfing right you start doing yes. the, the big surf yeah that's when like you, you pick up speed and you start going through the area and i was like oh like that was that was the most fun part i think for me like where like i liked the platforminess at the beginning i really liked the surfing the speed in the middle there and then towards the end it was very slow go because of the 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 snow and the wind and everything right so um i really 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 liked the the fast moving stuff like Mm -hmm. it was fun and it was uh i kept wanting to go through different sections and areas and um i don't know it was yeah it was a lot of fun i liked that area a lot so uh this this would definitely have to be like my favorite surfing game of all time It would be up there on the snowboarding side. I mean, Snowboard Kids is pretty good. Oh, so God. is SSX. But oh, my God. Uh, that it's surfing uh, section made me really want to play SSX. Yes. Like SSX, SSX Tricky SSX 3 or like exactly. SSX Those, the original or SSX the all remake? The Tricky and 3. Okay. I, I've played nearly every SSX off topic, but just saying, <laughs> I love those games. Uh, and then you have that section where you kind of go through, you surf down, and there were actually like some um, almost like pillars that you could like slide through. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the first level of Star Fox 64 <laughs> with like the little like alcoves you can right. go through. Trying and, to like get through them. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's that surfing scene, which we described going down the tower mm-hmm. with the sun. Yeah. And then you end up in the water area. Yeah. Then you descend real deep. Yeah. It gets dark. Yeah. The music changes. Um, music in that surfing section. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I know. The music in this whole entire game. Like, oh, my God. But like, Fantastic. Um, I mean, like, like the whole game. Yeah. The whole and game. And how you your character's just... chirps just fit into the music like every yes. single time. Mm-hmm. I know. And like it gets deeper and deeper. I found like the later and later, the more you chirp later in the game, it's mm-hmm. very deep. And I'm, I think that's because the soundtrack changes with it. Right. So, mm. yeah. Well, also some people have interpreted that this is a, and we can talk about this later, but have interpreted that this may be a representation of someone's path through life. Mm. The that's whole game. exactly what I thought it was. That's amazing. So like, it would make sense that your voice would get deeper Deep. oh, yeah, as you go as you go on. I mean, it didn't really work for me in my case, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah me either. I as you can tell by my voice, I am ninety years yeah. old. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and also dying, which and is what happens. Yeah, this game. which is yeah. very very like apt because at the end of the game, as you're you know on the top of that mountain, struggling to make it there, your chirp is just incredibly faint, and you yeah. can barely mm-hmm. hear it at all. And like it, it gets to the point where you're just like nodding your head a little bit. You're not even able to like make any sound. You're like pretty much frozen solid. Mm-hmm. So, so the soundtrack in this one is by Austin Winery. Okay, and uh, he now holds the distinct honor of being, I believe, up to this date at the time he was number one, but the only person to be nominated for a Grammy for a video game soundtrack. Really? Yeah. Oh my what god. What else has he done? 
So he's done some other stuff, um, namely for me. Um, uh, he's also done the soundtrack to Abzu, which is a game that came uh. out uh, a few years ago that has a very similar aesthetic and feel to Journey. Okay. So I would say to anyone listening, if you liked Journey, you will probably really like Abzu. Okay. That one was published by 505. I don't know off the top of my head who it was developed by, but it has a very similar, like, little bit of story. It's actually underwater. Oh, really? Uh, oh. Yeah, and there's a there's a giant shark. Uh, it's So it sounds like the same game. It's a really <laughs> good game. I would say it's not as good as Journey, probably just because, like, Journey did this game first, I think, in, like, the cinematic music right. this way, but Abzu is very similar. Interesting. I think something else we should mention is that the story is kind of given to you in um, in cutscenes in between yeah. uh, different sections of the game. And so mm-hmm. when you complete a section, you're brought into a cutscene. There's a white religious figure, uh, maybe God, maybe a monk. You see six of them. Uh, in each stage, it seems like you're trying to get closer and closer to them because you're chasing the white light. Uh, they're white figures. Yeah, and they kind of, they kind of like give you the like uh, they kind of give you at least how I interpreted it was like this their story up until this point like through like these hieroglyphs almost. Yeah. Um, and if you could. L- it, like so I noticed it really the second time through the first time through I didn't really pay attention mm-hmm. but like I think the story that they're presenting is that there's these hooded white figures and they you know I think they were very much in tune with like agriculture and these magic flying carpet things yeah. that powered and then they harness that power to power their machines and then when they ran out of those magic carpets they started making the evil shark mechanical things yeah and then it started war and then pretty much everything got flooded that's where you end up underground and then after the underground section that's when your character shows up on the hieroglyphs like it it like pops up in red like you're Mm -hmm. in red where everyone else is in white and like you even see them turned sideways so everyone's dead you're pretty much like I don't know, born from a star, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. If you take from the end to the beginning, mm-hmm. right? And then you continue the same kind of path that they were on mm-hmm. um, just to kind of see where it all began and where it all came from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's kind of almost 100% how I saw it. It's just like there's this, um, there are these uh, creatures, you yeah. know, the black hooded, uh, red hooded figures, right. and they create this technology and they actually start a civil war between them yes. and they start to fight each other with this technology. The technology basically wipes the world, turns it into a desert and also kills almost everyone. Right. And this red hood versus the white hoods is actually like the savior of, yeah. of the world. That's kind of that. how I that's, saw yeah, I, that's it. That's kind of how I saw it too, which then makes sense given that those might be tombstones when you said that at the beginning of the mm-hmm. I didn't get any sense that there was war I got a sense that they sort of destroyed themselves yeah like I think I thought war because I think the one hieroglyph flashback thing kind of had them pointing lasers at each other like they were oh, okay. riding their own sharks and pointing lasers at each other and then yeah. that led to I, like everyone dying because then you saw the hieroglyph sideways and then everything got flooded <coughs> with sand you know so. yeah where Mike's interpretation may be more along the lines of like Skynet like a Terminator Skynet where <laughs> they created these creatures right. and the creatures ended up being their downfall Skynet and Journey Skynet and Journey 
This is this is a sequel to Terminator Genesis. <laughs> it's called Terminator Journey. Yeah. I make bad jokes. Oh god. Let's I have move not on. seen a Terminator film ever. Shut shut your mouth. I, I haven't. You know what? I actually can't really think I've seen one all the way through. Shut shut your mouth. Well, go go do some homework. <laughs> go watch Terminator the original and Terminator all of 2. Them? Nope, don't do that. No, Cuz no? some of those are bad movies. Oh, great. Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 is all you need. Can you just give me the notes on which ones I'm supposed to watch now? Yep. And okay. if you give me the Jurassic Park notes. That's <laughs> I've never seen those. We'll move on. Um so you go down into the the depths of uh, darkness, and that's where you meet these guardian creatures mm-hmm. for the first time. Which, kind of like you, Travis, they scared the like I've played this game before. They scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Like I actually like when it visibly when it moved. Yeah, I, I had forgotten that there were bad guys that move in this game, and I just went. Oh, I think too because like the music's always like has been so serene, and then it's just so like harsh and like uh, like sudden that I didn't expect that loud of a noise to come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? So it just, it startled me. And I, I mean, that's obviously what the, the effect they were going for, but mm-hmm. it, it worked. So. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> and those guardians can actually cause damage to your scarf. Yes. Right. Which happened to me multiple times. Did it? Yeah. Like twice at least when they popped up underwater. And then once at the end, when I was abandoned by my, player friend person <laughs> when he just threw you to the yeah. <laughs> so how did you how did you get around it because to me um those guardians like in the section under there you have to hide uh, mm-hmm. from them because they have essentially like a light beam yeah. that tracks their Pretty cone much. of vision so like you just have to like dodge the dodge around them otherwise um what when i actually did get like they yanked at my scarf and ripped it mm-hmm. um i just i just ran for it mm-hmm. um and I was fine. So it's kind of like they give you a little bit of leeway. Like mm-hmm. they don't just keep coming after you. I think once they hit you once and you reach the next little, you know, point where they might move, then you're fine. Yeah. To, to me, my favorite part within that is when you get to near the end of that yes. section and there's two of them yep. and you're like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to be able to make this. But they very deliberately set it up so that they see you. Yep. And, and you have to go. And you have to go. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not yeah. going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And, and they're then, chasing you and they're yeah. chasing you and you're going down. And then this like almost holy light comes yep. up and just like protects yeah. you and, and they just run away. They scatter, yeah. Which, is, which was another cool moment mm-hmm. for me. And then that opened up into the next area that I really liked. That was mm-hmm. the... Um, the one with the rising levels of the the light, like the water. So you yeah. have to keep it. I really liked this area. I liked it. It had like little tiny, like platforming mechanics that kind of, that I like, you know, it was like, okay, I had to go here and then it gave you different means of, you know, getting up to the next level to then activate the water. And it was mm-hmm. really fun to be able to just freely fly within that water like you had no restrictions because it powered up your scarf like permanently while you Mm -hmm. were still in it so it was a lot of fun just to be able to like fly around in there i for sure thought it was going to be like a poison gas cloud at the beginning (laughs) so i avoided it and i was like oh i need to i need to avoid this because below this maybe i'll die right um but it was really nice to once i got up two or three levels because there's like four or five levels you have to go up yeah it is quite a bit and once you activate like one of the kind of glyphs or, or one of the like the hieroglyphs yeah the hieroglyph like scene images it's kind of like the it's like broken down little like um plateaus that have like Mm -hmm. what what's been happening in the story up to that point or something i don't know yeah mike mike had mentioned what he thought the influences were before i kind of got like halfway between like aztec and um 
halfway between Aztec and Egyptian. Okay. So it was like, they were almost like hieroglyphs, right. but they had more of like a, mm-hmm. like an Aztec vibe to them. Yeah. So you'd activate it, the poison gas or rather the, the sand <laughs> yeah, water. It wasn't poisoned. It wasn't poisoned. No. <laughs> the sand water would come up and then that would give you like unlimited scarf floating. Yeah. So you could move up to the next level. Yeah. It was and nice. there were, like you said, jellyfish and there were mm-hmm. other creatures that you could float on. Then there was like even, a giant one. Yeah. Like yeah. a giant dolphin whale. Whale. Clearly. Come on. It was a whale. aquatic animals, Jacob. <laughs> It was so, a, clearly a whale. It was clearly a whale. <laughs> and like you got to go on the whale and like yeah. that to me, that was probably my second favorite part of the game. Was I the only one that found similarities between the whale and the guardian in terms of movement and in terms of yes, size? See, and that's where I thought because they had used up all of the like scarves and they had like enslaved them more or less, right? Because that's why they were all trapped in the beginning of the game and why you had to free them. It's kind of what I thought you were doing. I figured, okay, now they're an endangered species. So they're don't, they don't really have these magic carpets to fly around on anymore. So they made their own mechanical shark-like creatures to float around on instead, right? Mm, I like that I, interpretation. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. Because then there is like one part in one of the cutscenes where you see one of the guys, the white-robed guys standing on top of one of the shark thingies oh yeah so that's why i kind of figured okay they made their own mechanical ones because clearly they used all of the um they've used they've brought these scarves to like being an endangered species essentially Mm -hmm. so So you you climb on your whale friend you (laughs) ascend out and i think right when you kind of ascend out you get into the snowy area yeah which like i want your take because this is the first time you've played through it but was that jarring to you to to realize, oh, I'm actually really close to the end of this game? Yeah, I don't think yes. I realized it was going to be. Yes, I I was very much like, oh, I didn't expect a snowy area. You know what I mean? I also, I, I thought at the beginning of this game, it was all going to be brown and desert. I didn't expect the changes in color that you were talking about, Mike. And it was nice to see that. But I also didn't expect a snowy area. And then I was like, oh, but that logically makes sense. We're trying to get to the top of a mountain. The top of a mountain is snowy. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it, but it makes sense it just it, it was surprising mm-hmm. and it, it's like almost the the ascent to everest when you like think mm-hmm. of people that are like mountain expeditioners <laughs> at the bottom it's probably not that cold right. and then they get to the top and yeah. oxygen is hard and it's, it's hard to survive right. yeah it also yeah, so, fits very much with the like religious theme of it right with uh you know things happening on the mountain top you know in many religions on the mountain is where you come to god you're the closest with them. This game, you know what this game actually surprisingly reminded me of? Is this game reminded me a lot of the structure of Brothers, I've A never, Tale of Two Sons. I've never played it. So we played it on a, on one of our first episodes. Right. And it's very much split into very distinct sections that are very different. Right, yeah. Um, and to me, the end... Uh, I think that one of the last parts of brothers is a snowy level. Okay. And the snowy level in brothers reminded me a little bit of the snowy level here. Okay. Obviously they're very different, right. but I just got a very like, um, cause I think in brothers, the way it works is there's like a, a, a bird that takes you across to a snowy level. Okay. I could be mistaken, but there's like bird and then eventually you get to a snowy level and then here it's the same thing. So structurally it just reminded me a lot of interesting of brothers. Yeah. Hmm. Brothers. If you want to hear more about that, we've got an episode. <laughs> uh, it's available everywhere. You uh, consume your podcasts and linked yeah. in the description of this one <laughs> and linked in the description of this one. So you walk through snow 
And the thing that you notice is that, and I for, had forgotten this completely, is that when you walk through the snow and there's wind, you can actually lose your scarf. Yeah, so that happened to me immediately. Um, so like after that wonderful area where it's super sunny and warm and I'm flying around all over the place and I have this super long scarf, I didn't realize that my scarf was being chipped away in the snow when I was walking when it's windy. Mm-hmm. And I was and. I constantly got pushed back. And then that's where I ended up meeting this other player. Um, And so we were just like walking, like huddled next to each other, both of us, zero scarf. Mm -hmm. Like we had nothing. Mm -hmm. And we're just sitting there like chirping at each other, trying to keep moving. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I didn't realize that the scarf was actually being ripped away. And so on my second playthrough, I actively did not walk through windy areas because I noticed that and I tried to keep as much of it possible, seeing if it would make a difference. But I mean, ultimately it doesn't. Um, but this section kind of sucks. Yeah. And a it, bit. it sucks on purpose. I get yeah. it. But I didn't like least favorite part of the game. And I get it. It's your climax. Right. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to show you, Hey, like this is really hard, but like, and it's very it's, slow. It's slow. The Walking is slow. Like I'm trying to go from like scarf sticking out of the ground to scarf sticking out of the ground. Cause I felt like, I don't know if this is actually in the game, but I felt like when I was more powered up, I was moving faster than when I wasn't powered up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's legitimately a mechanic in the game or not, but I was trying to stay as powered up as possible. Um, so that I could keep moving. Yeah, because when you were powered up, your guy almost like all the frost that had built up on your character kind of of melted away. Yeah, exactly. And I think definitely when you had the power in your scarf, you almost kept warm. Right. And obviously... I mean, it chips... Like, it it disintegrates your energy levels too. Like, as well as like the snow removing pieces of your scarf, just being in the cold gets rid of your ability to fly. Yeah, if the the wind is bad, it can actually get rid of parts of your chunk because you're supposed to like very slowly go through it mm-hmm. and like move forward hide behind a grave the wind like really kicks up right and then you can move forward mm-hmm. and i didn't realize that like you didn't realize that that like don't walk in the wind yeah and i think it took me it took me like more i think an embarrassing amount of time to realize that hey i could wait behind one of these graves and let the wind just keep blowing. I like kept going and then being blown all the way back to the beginning thinking like, oh, like I'm supposed to be doing this. I yeah. didn't even think. And then all of a sudden it just clued in, oh, I should hide behind one of these things. Yeah. My timing just got to be perfect. Yeah. And exactly. I can get through it. Right. And I didn't think like, what am I doing? Right. But then I, I guess I don't feel too bad because the person I was playing with also didn't do it and didn't stop to hide behind a grave until I stopped mm-hmm. hiding behind a grave. So yeah, that, that would definitely like, I think like, look, I, I said it sucks, but I, I'm not, it's intentional. It, yeah. It's a hundred percent deliberately paced to yeah. be that way. So I'm not, I'm just like, I totally understand but it's it's a slog. It's right. meant to be a slog, given the kind of symbolism throughout. Mm-hmm. But this part was a bit of a slog. Yeah, and even and, like the like at the very end of the snowy area where like you you're pretty much you're just trying to walk. Like there's just walking. There's nothing in front of you. There's no. It's whiteout conditions. It's just whiteout. Right? You're just walking. It's the slowest like pace humanly possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how far? Like how much longer am I supposed to keep walking like this? Yeah. Like, and then I finally dropped dead and I was like, oh, okay. Like my character's actually dead. Yeah. But I was like, oh, like it was almost like a, oh, finally, because I'm like, how many more steps am I waiting to kind of take? You know, I can mm-hmm. only slow down so much, mm-hmm. you know, but. And because it's whiteout conditions, you don't really know like, am where I close I'm going? to the summit? Yeah. Am I far away from the summit? <laughs> yeah. But what happens is you collapse and then like, I, I think the screen goes black. 
it may not go fully black, but then you have those six robed figures mm-hmm. around you and they bring you back to life. Yes. And from there you almost enter the final stage of the game yep. where you make it into the like the white of the mountain. Right. And like that is just like a fun Yeah, that's loads of fun. And mm-hmm. um I it's loads of fun. I didn't notice until my second it's heavenly. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. is it's very heavenly, right? And if you look at it, um the layout of that area mm-hmm. is actually the entire game on a micro scale. What? So like you start with flying over bridges mm-hmm. and then you go, I think the next one is um, using, uh, or I think you start with like using the little paper, little tiny ones to f- get to the next step. Mm-hmm. Then you go fly over bridges and then there's, there's um, jellyfish, the jellyfish, and whales, right? And the whales, and then and or I think in between that there's the seaweed kind of ones, yep. right? So it literally is like the breakdown of the game, but like in a micro section of this game. Like I looked at, it, I didn't notice until huh. I was like, oh, this is the bridge section again. But like it wasn't, it's not, you know, one to one comparison over in a flash, right? It's so fast, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, bridge section, oh, seaweed, oh, this, like it's every little aspect, and then it led to jellyfish, and then it led to pretty much every step that you've done so far with like the different mechanics. Because that end section of the game can't be more than like three or five minutes. Yeah, it's super fast. It's super fast. It's super. I fun. wanted more of it. I like, wanted more. Yeah, well, yeah. I if you could if it. you play through the whole game yeah. again, because <laughs> it only takes ninety minutes. Yeah. But um, some people have kind of. And I think that's kind of the end. You walk through, you get the credits, mm-hmm. and then you find out who you've played with. Right. But I think to me, we should probably talk about what the, probably what we feel like the story means, because mm-hmm. it's one of one of those games where like, it's not really about what's on its face. Right. It's about what the structure and what the game actually represents, right? Yeah. And like, I get it. I, I don't know. For some reason, I I don't know if maybe it's because after like hearing about this game and then thinking, Oh, and there's all this hype around it and everything. Maybe I set my expectations really, really like, Oh, I'm going to be so moved by this. And I'm, I'm moved easily. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But I think maybe I just expected to be moved. And Mm. because I expected to be moved, I wasn't as moved as I thought I was going to be. Does that make sense? So maybe you were adequately whelmed. You weren't like overwhelmed. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that was really good. Right. It was really good. I enjoyed my time with it a lot. Uh, I loved the music. I loved like the opening of the game gave me goosebumps. Like when I started playing that opening sequence, you walk up to the title screen. It gave me goosebumps. And that the game itself was great. Um, I just I didn't dive too deeply into it for some reason like I didn't like um, think about like what they were trying to say I didn't really process any kind of like extra emotion and normally I'm all on board for that kind of yeah. stuff but for some reason it just didn't click for me that way mm-hmm. and I don't know it's because it it's so f- far out from when it first came out maybe if I had played it when it came out I would have had those emotions right yeah and, I, and I'm not I would say like out of like the people involved in this show like uh, no offense to you in any way Mike I think that Mike would be someone that maybe appreciates no I'm, I'm actually paying you a compliment yeah. I'm taking my no offense I was like how back. is this offensive at all <laughs> he's someone that like Mike you're someone that like dives I'm into offended. the <laughs> you dive into the inner workings of a story more than I would so I would say like out of the three kind of you know me Mo and Mike I would probably be in the middle where like depending on the game mm-hmm. I could dive in deep so right. like for Bioshock, which is one of my favorite games of all time, maybe one that we'll play eventually, like I will dive deep into the lore. Uh, with this game, I, I kind of dove into it, but I would assume that Mike would be someone that would dive further into it. Right. So my interpretation of it was simply like, 
when you look at the different sections of the game, you start out in a very small section where the bridges are. So like that is almost like the innocence and the, the small worldedness of being a kid. Right. And then from there, like it's still wonderful as a, as a kid, but your world gets bigger. Right. Then you kind of descend into, you know, adulthood, which, you know, is hard and is sometimes dark. Right. And like, there are people that just want to knock you down. Sharks want to eat you. Sharks want to eat you. (laughs) Potentially sometimes real life. And then you get to the snow part of the game, which is like you as a kind of elderly person right. where things are things are even harder and you move slower. Right. And, that makes and sense. then kind of the last piece is kind of uh, talking from a non-denominational standpoint. Mm-hmm. If you believe in religion, that part would be like, hey, I'm going to ascend to right. the afterlife. Exactly. And then depending on what type of religion that you observe even reincarnation right. kind of comes yeah, in too. definitely they played the whole reincarnation thing too because you're a star that then goes back to the beginning and literally you can start the game over again. Mm-hmm. And to me the story was very like classic in nature. Right. Like it was very just like okay mm-hmm. man creates evil evil destroys man yep. savior comes mm-hmm. that's kind of what pretty much how yeah. I took the story. Yeah that's the thing there wasn't too much if you actually are looking just at like the story of the game itself not maybe not what it's trying to say but the story of it was a very basic story right like and i mean yeah i didn't really pay attention to it the first time around mm-hmm. but the the second game playthrough i was definitely like oh i actually get this little story that they're telling yeah. here you know so and that was kind of uh like that game company their thing at least with their first three games with flow flower and journey is all they want to do is just to provoke an emotional response. Right. That's all they want to do. Right. And so I think if that's what Genova Chen and company want to accomplish, Genova Chen is the, I think the game designer or the game, I think that's his title mm. producer, executive producer. He's the guy in he's charge the lead. of, he's the lead. Thank you. He's the lead. <laughs> All he wants to do is provoke an emotional response. If that's all he wants to do, the mission accomplished. Right, exactly. Right, and that's and I mean, based on how many people you read stuff on the internet, like tons of people had an emotional response to this game. Right, mm-hmm. like people I found myself crying stuff. during this game. You did. I couldn't tell if it was my sickness or being <laughs> deeply emotionally touched, but I was crying. I and was why crying. do you think you were crying? Like why, what, what caused you to to do that? Do you think it was just because like how beautifully it ended, or because like? maybe it you kind of tied in your life to it a little bit or just because you're delirious and on cough medicine i think it's because i'm high as a kite on cough medicine <laughs> <laughs> and the drop of a hat could make me cry <laughs> this reminded so me you a pack lot of an like- emotionally emotional punch of a of a narrative uh with a visually stunning game mm-hmm. and uh, of course i will be a ball of tears curled up on the floor <laughs> Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of Life of Pi, like the movie, okay, yeah. just in like colors and right. water yeah. and companions right. and the journey. Like right. that's yeah, exactly the journey. the journey. Oh, name drop. Uh, but that's kind of what I like would compare this to. Mm-hmm. It's like it's beautiful. It sounds great. Right. It took how long did it take you to play through it? Um, not very long. I want to say two hours, uh, two, maybe two and a half. Okay. Two and a half sounds about right. Mike, how long do you think it took you to play through this one? I don't think it took me longer than 90 minutes. Yeah. I think it took me about 90 minutes to play okay. through it. I want to say I played it. Yeah. I, I took my time. Like 
I was playing through it the first like the first time it took took my time even the second time I was taking my time with it mm-hmm. um, also because like at the beginning I was kind of a little lost but it, which was a good thing would you because um, you can actually if you hit pause which is interesting you actually like sit. do a little yeah. sit like, like cross-legged yeah. sit and you can just it actually isn't like a real hard pause right well it isn't at first okay so if you step away for like a minute then like it actually goes to like the title the screen. title screen it does yeah but it's as soon as you even move the controller right it, it comes, it right, comes back right back and, you stand and back drops up. you like right in the world so if there's mm-hmm. a guardian right near like exactly you yeah. aren't gonna don't like, sit down so like i made the mistake of going to the bathroom in the snowy area at, <laughs> near the very end and so i actually like paused um went to the bathroom when i came back out of the pause I was like sitting frozen in the snow and I, and no way. Like, and I was so like, I was cut, like it was very frozen and I was like, Oh God. And it took me forever to get back up. And already I was in a moment of like very sluggish, slow moving. And I, um, I, uh, I was already very sluggish and slow moving and I got up and it, I was like, Oh my God, did me sitting down just make it that much worse for me? I don't know if it did or not, but <laughs> that was the perception I had. I was like, never sit down when you're old. Never, never sit down when <laughs> just you're old. Always keep moving or else you will die. Exactly. Soon after that. So uh, I guess we kind of covered the whole game. Um, I will start with Mike. I know it might be hard for you to talk, but closing thoughts, how you feel. Tell me how you feel. I don't feel very good, but this game was a, a bright, shining moment in my sea of sickness. Uh, <laughs> it was a fantastic experience. I am disappointed that I had not played it sooner. Uh, I would wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone I know that likes games. It's such a great experience, uh, and you can often get it on sale for very cheap. Um, but I also think it's, it's totally worth the full price of admission. Um, so yeah, a heartfelt recommendation. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really get into the discussion of, like, our games art, or, like, should you pay full price for a game? I don't know why I'm making this voice, <laughs> but um, I'm kind of with you, Mike, where I think that, like, it doesn't matter how much money this game costs. Right. Like, it's, look, it's difficult to justify to someone who doesn't play a lot of games to exactly, be like, hey, yeah. pay $60 for a 90-minute thing. $60. It's not 60 bucks. I was like, $60? Yeah, it's not 60 oh. But, like, for 20 bucks, right. like... Even at the at the most, it's twenty dollars, mm-hmm. ninety minutes. I I put probably this game in like my top ten of all time. Oh wow! Um, that moment where with the sunset, right. where you're surfing, like that's a moment that I remember. And someone goes like, "What's your favorite moment in a game?" Right. Like, that's one of the moments where I go like, "Hey, this is one of the best moments I've had in a game." Yeah. Uh, I can't recommend this game enough. I'm so excited for Genova Chen's next project, mm-hmm. Sky, which is coming out in March on iOS. It looks a little bit similar to journey but okay. has more of a multiplayer aspect to it okay. i'm just really excited it's a great game if you're looking for more games like this abzu is also really good it's just i can't say enough good about yeah. this game it's it's it is it's fun to play it's fun the soundtrack is amazing it looks amazing the color like mm-hmm. just stop me because yeah, i'll just, just keep stop, going yeah I'll just, just stop going jacob i need to i need <laughs> to go take drugs 
Okay. <laughs> Travis, uh, final thoughts about the game? I mean, you pretty much said it all. It's it's beautiful. It's great. The soundtrack is amazing. I had a great time with it. I kind of want to play it through maybe another time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might do that. You know, I might go home tomorrow, try like do another run through because it's so fast. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, yeah, I really, really liked it. It was great. I'm going to I'm going to close with a fun fact about our friend Genova Chen. Um, do you know why his name is Genova Chen? No. So his birth name, he was born in Shanghai and his birth name is uh, his birth name is Zhang Han Chen and uh, in China English names are chosen they're not given okay so he was a big fan of Final Fantasy so oh. he he and his best friend uh, his best friend picked the name Cloud as his kind of <laughs> given English name no right? and he way. said his best friend uh, said hey I want to name myself Cloud in English and he said what character in Final Fantasy 7 is more powerful than Cloud <laughs> and he said there are enough I believe he said in an interview there are enough Jason Chen's in the world so he decided to go with Genova Chen oh my gosh. Genova is in his mind a character that's even more powerful oh my gosh. than uh, Cloud that's funny because he didn't, didn't want to be, be called he didn't want to be Sephiroth is what he specifically called out because that would be too hard to spell. Oh my Fair. God. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's some forethought right there. That is some forethought. Genova Chen. Oh my gosh. So that's the end of our show. Uh, Mike, since you're under the weather, I will take this part of the show, which is your favorite part away from you and say, where can people find you on the internet? So you can find me online at Rufalo M at most places but if you want to chat you should come to our discord you can find it at leftbehindgame.club uh, and there's a link there to join and then you can chat with not only me but all the other hosts Jacob where can the people find you at uh, people can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt uh, you can see me stream uh, games at jacobstreams.com and Travis where can people find you at Travis Colnett on the twitter thanks so much Travis that's our show And that is one less game left behind. Peace.